Welcome to the East Career Podcast, brought to you from the East Careers and Trauma Committee. I am David Skarupa from the University of Florida, Jacksonville. In this session, we are pleased to have Dr. Oscar Gilamondegi with us to discuss how to make lemonade out of lemons, dealing with challenging work environments. Dr. Gilamondegi is currently an Associate Professor of Surgery and Neurological Surgery at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. He is the Trauma Medical Director and the Director of the Vanderbilt Multidisciplinary Traumatic Brain Injury Clinic. He was awarded the Professional of the Year from the Brain Injury Association of Tennessee and recognized numerous times for his dedication to education and mentoring. Dr. Gilamandegi is active in numerous professional societies and holds multiple leadership positions in national organizations such as AAST East and the American Board of Surgery. Dr. Gilamandegi, thank you for taking time to sit down with us today and discussing how to make lemonade out of lemons, dealing with challenging work environments. This topic may touch individuals at multiple stages of their career, but let's focus on the early to mid-year individuals. The individual has done their research and found themselves a great job, or so they thought. The rug gets pulled out from underneath them, and they find themselves in a position that isn't the best. What should they do? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, as we as we take a job, uh, no matter where it is, um, you know, it, if you're married or single, it doesn't matter. You're you're taking a chance on possibly a new area of the country, someplace you may not be familiar with, um, or even in your own backyard. And um, getting used to uh, a new culture, a new system, can take some time. And uh, the ability to comprehend a different system is probably one of the biggest challenges, no matter where you go. But if the environment becomes uh, a little bit more... uh, uh, aggressive or um, um, competitive, it makes it an even harder environment to to work in. Um, And you have to find allies anywhere that you can. So let's say that you find yourself in a position where the the morale is low, the spirited core of the division or department is low. How do you stay above that fray and so, Stay focused. <clears throat> that's a really good question, and the reason is that um, it, it's almost about identifying what it is within you that drives you to be what you are today. What I mean by that is, if if I if I use all of those individuals with uh, a low morale situation as my mirror, well, you're going to fall right into line with them. If you're, if you're Elan Vital, your reason for living is your own, you have to use your own inner self as your mirror. And I know that sounds hokey, but it's, it's all you have uh, when around you there are nothing but uh, Huns and, and uh, Mongols. <laughs> so um, initially staying above the fray, is is your first line of defense uh, to manage your, yourself in that situation. And then how do you go about developing allies? 
um, you look for allies wherever they may be, uh, whether it's um, uh, within the division, within uh, the department, uh, outside of the department. Uh, if you're at an academic institution, uh, remember that you know one of our pillars is education, and you know whether it's within the medical school, uh, within a research colleague, uh, you find those individuals that. Uh, that drive that, that maintain that same sense of why you are doing what you're doing today, and they can be anywhere. They don't have to be within the Department of Surgery. They can be within the Education Department, within other departments. Um, just those that share your same vigor, I think, is a, a, a first start. All right. And what about the role of external allies? external to one's in, uh, division, department, or institution? So, um, you know, when I look back on uh, my surgical training, I don't think there was anybody with that ever said, you know, Oscar, you're doing spectacular work. And the same typically occurs within your own institution. I mean, every single person in your institution that's at your level thinks they're going to be the next chairman of surgery. And that mentality leads to a sense of, of uh, not having any allies within. So where do you go? I say you go to your state chapter, uh, your state committee on trauma, and you, you look to the other leaders within your uh, general area. Um, and, and within that group, you find like-minded people who are, are looking to expand trauma, expand the uh, emergency surgery, acute care surgery, whatever it is that, that is your, your main basket, and you ally with them in order to uh, improve the field. And, and a lot of times you'll get a lot more encouragement from those outside because they're not in competition with you. So I like the way that sounds, and so that you're talking to these individuals and they're giving you their expert opinion and advice. Does it ever get to the point where it becomes not necessarily impossible, but those <clears throat> obstacles may seem insurmountable where you are from that outside perspective? And then the discussion becomes, well, do I stay or do I go? but maybe I can't leave because of personal situations. Well, <laughs> what you're describing is a lack of plasticity. And the human condition, when put into a position where uh, there's a lack of plasticity, that is the equivalent of, um, of being in a state of depression. And uh, it's a hole that you can't get out of, and that's a dangerous place to get to. So... Um, you know, sometimes you, you do have to up and leave, and, and it's going to be a question of uh, whether or not you can uh, find another position, an, an upward mobility move, or uh, a lateral move. Uh, but the problem is that uh, in our profession, those kind of moves are seen as, um, as a negative. Uh, and rarely 
does uh, does it come into play that perhaps it isn't the individual, it's the situation they're put in that that needs to be um, addressed. And depending on where you're looking and where you're going to go, you're going to have to find somebody that's, that that understands that it's not always the individual, it's the, the situation. Um, and and if, if it comes down to that, uh, a, a reliance on uh, those people around you, whether it's the guys that trained you, those people within your state that you um, acknowledge as your allies, um, give you some advice on what the next move should be. And, and that's going to happen. Uh, the problem is, in our profession, unlike any other profession, business, law, um, where people move all the time, multiple moves within the academic community are seen as a negative, and that is an image that I think needs to be erased. Can you think of any insurmountable situations, for example, to help our audience? Um, well, I mean, the most common is a, a clash with uh, with your direct boss, um, and, and that can happen. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be about anything. Uh, well, it, it can be social. It can be clinical. It can be um, ideas, uh, but those events will occur, whether it's uh, the way you take care of patients on uh, on a regular basis or your philosophical ideas about what your your mission is your 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 reason for being in academics and if they don't if they don't jive with the people around you your partners your boss the department uh, that you're within um, that that may lead to uh, a need to move on and I think it's a critical aspect of what you should look for when you're going for that first job. All right. So let's say that <clears throat> this is – well, let me backtrack. So does this change at all based on one's stage of their career as how one approaches a difficult work environment? Well, I think um, – it may, but but with time comes experience, and uh, with experience you have the possibly a little bit more for, uh, insight into what what it is about your position that you're trying to accomplish um, at the next stage of your career. So um, once again, doing your homework about the the, the team and the 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 place that you're going to um, through whatever means other people that have left the institution those people within the institution that you trust but if I'm if I'm leaving a job to go on to the next level of my career which would hopefully be a, a, an upward trajectory I think that um, I would have a set of ideas and goals that I would have in mind that I'd I'd want the backing of the institution. Uh, before I got there. So um, having a set vision, which could change, but having a set vision uh, of what you want to accomplish at the next level is going to um, you're, it's going to be what you use to determine if that institution is willing to put their, their, their money where their mouth is. If they're going to back what you're saying and what you're doing. And, um, and then 
uh, it comes down to figuring out um, the, the culture that's already in that institution. And at any time in your career, you're going to have to figure that out. Okay, so another situation that may lead to a difficult work environment, you mentioned your direct boss. So maybe there is a large leadership change that occurs, and how does one adjust to the loss of a national leadership figure that may that you may have jived with him or her, replaced with an individual or individuals that are either interim or not, they don't have the same credentials, they lack the vision, they don't have the rallying power. How do you mentally adjust to that? Well, um, like I said when I started out, the most important thing is using an internal uh, gauge of what you want to accomplish. And I think um, if you want to know how to make uh, lemonade out of lemons, it's allowing um, yourself to be a beacon of hope for uh, whoever that next interim leader is to improve the situation, uh, being open and honest with them, um, and then sharing ideas that you think are going to grow the the division or the department. I I think, you know, one of the things we fear is uh, that sense of intellectual piracy, and, and it's going to occur, but the the most important aspect of a new leader is identifying uh, yourself as an ally to them uh, so that they know that at some point um, they can lean on the people around to, to help uh, improve the, 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 the division or the, the department. Okay, so are you suggesting that there is a concept here of leading from behind? Yes, sir, I think so. You know, we... Um, like I said, I, my goals, in order for them to come to fruition, are going to take leadership that's willing to, to follow a path that I agree with. And, um, and so helping that uh, individual move forward, you can identify what their strengths are and what their goals are and, uh, and determine how you can help them uh, move forward even better. And uh, and sometimes you're going to have to maybe change a little bit of your direction in order to get further uh, within and then reassess down the road how you're going to progress on, on those goals that you've had uh, from the beginning. All right. Now let me say that someone's a division chief and <clears throat> they are rebuilding and maybe they have a a – member of the division that is just decaying the morale of the division, and it seems to stem from one individual that just is not gelling. How does the division chief handle that? Well, um, I use um, I use the uh, analogy of um, astronauts. There are very few astronauts. It takes a long time to train a new astronaut. You've got a trained specialist that is capable of good things. They may have some issue that they lack introspection to understand is present. And I think 
that that individual is still a worthy um, part of the, the puzzle. So my first step would be to say, look, um, we think there may be some uh, some character issues, some flaw, some I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want to be on the negative side of it, but say something that doesn't jive with the division, and maybe what we need is uh, uh, a little bit more introspection, and then offer up whatever means necessary it's going to take to make that happen. Um, it's not easy to find good people, and if it's a flaw that is uh, bringing the group down, you have to be honest with them, and if, if they can't uh, if they can't change in order to see what that that issue is, then I think you have to be honest and, and open with them and then uh, figure out how to make them achieve their next goal, whether it's internal or external. Okay, because obviously with everyone aligned, the mission is easier to accomplish. So just redirecting them towards the mission that's been established by the division? If, yeah, if you're asking yes, I think... It's about uh, getting everybody on a common theme. Now, you're stealing most of my thunder from uh, my East talk, but the the bottom line is um, a team that is built out of uh, whatever number of individuals that all want to be the boss is not going to be an effective team. So there's there's got to be people that are willing to do the work and um, are going to align with whatever the mission is but the first step is to have a definable mission. The second step is to find people that are willing to um, to join you in that mission. And, you know, uh, if somebody's not, you have to be honest with them, and they have to be honest with themselves and with you that maybe the fit isn't there. And I think that's, gonna, that, that's probably the hardest thing for all of us um, at any stage in our career. So let's say you're not the division chief, but you're actually just a member of the division and you're having a personal conflict with another member in the division. What's the best way to handle that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, the worst thing you can do is um, go behind each other's backs and um, be snide and um, unprofessional. I mean, at some level, we have to understand that we are all professionals. And once we achieve that understanding, the next step is to say, hey, I'm not getting along with this person. I need to take it to my boss, and we need to come up with a solution. Typically, it's, you know, it comes from a lack of understanding. And a lack of understanding leads to fear, and fear leads to anxiety, and that leads to a difficult situation. So... Our goal should be to say, you know, why am I not getting along with this person? Is it something that can be resolved? And I think you take it to the next step above and utilize that person as an objective observer to see how they can turn it around, whether that's with some kind of um, mediation or just having a sit down with each other and saying, let's be truthful with ourselves. What is our goal? What is our common purpose, and if it's not aligning, what do we need to do to make it better? All right. On a little different note, sometimes the work environment isn't related to people per se, but just an inability to practice maybe 
within the individual's full scope of practice. They feel limited or they lack clinical independence and freedom. How does one go about expanding that within their institution? <laughs> um, that's a that's a tough one. The so you have to be realistic first and foremost. If your division, if if you are an expert in uh, foregut surgery as well as trauma, um, you better find the institution that's going to let you do foregut surgery as well as trauma. If your goal is to be uh, an acute care surgeon or whatever you want to call it and not a trauma surgeon, you better find the place that's going to let you do a lot of emergency surgery and not so much trauma. Um, if you want to be an intensivist and the entire division of intensivists uh, are anesthesiologists, there's little doubt in my mind that you're not going to get what you want. So first and foremost, you have to be honest with yourself. And like... Um, I try and tell my fellows, um, the institution that looks like the golden ticket because of its name or its stature or whatever may be the golden ticket for someone else and not you. And maybe it's a different institution that's going to allow you to um, explore your best attributes. And once again, that's being honest with yourself, and it's not on the institution um, if they're honest with you. Okay. And I think one more, one last question is, how does it may relate to the work environment because maybe you feel like the mem you and the members of the division are just stretched so thin. How do you approach as a division the hospital and or the college to get more resources that will in turn increase morale because of a variety of cascading things that would follow? So um, you can't go to your um, chair and say, we're working too hard because there's not a surgeon in the world that doesn't think they're working harder than everyone else. So that's not a that's not going to change the situation. But I think if uh you go to the institution and say um, we need to evaluate what our role is in this institution because as it stands right now um, we are unable to cover every weekend of every year uh, you know of every month of every year uh, doing all of this uh, work uh, without some serious uh, retribution to our group. Um, and then uh, ask possibly for some objective analysis uh, through whatever means. If you're going to use the American College of Surgeons to come in and do a review or the Committee on Trauma uh, to come and do a review of your program, um, there's some, you know, I'm not trying to plug any, any one means. But I think getting an actual um, external assessment of your internal situation will allow the institution to understand, number one, what your, uh, what, what your um, role in the institution is and, and what a pivotal, pivotal role it really is as a, a safety net for the institution most of the time. And may give uh, the department 
a better understanding of what the resources that it takes to do a job that most institutions um, probably don't realize uh, the work that's put in from a group of guys whose uh, who's main source of income isn't from operative intervention. Um, and if they don't see that many cases on, what they're going to see is uh, that you're just sitting around not doing anything until you tell them, well, we're seeing 4,000 trauma patients a year, 1,100 emergency surgery patients a year, and 1,500 SICU patients a year. And between each one of our members, that's about 900 to 1,000 patients per individual, and there's no one else in the institution that's doing that. So um, I think getting a subjective external uh, review of the program is probably the place to start. Okay. Well, Dr. Gilliman-Dagey, this has been very insightful, and you have the last word. One final question. What is one thing you would like to convey to the audience, one pearl on making lemonade out of lemons? Uh, I think the most important thing you have to uh, determine is what is it that drives you. And from that internal drive, Utilize the resources around you, whether internal to the, the the system or external to the system, to be an ally in getting to the place where you're going to accomplish those goals. If that can't be accomplished, I think you have to take a look at the situation and occasionally we do have to move to another institution to make that happen. I hope it doesn't happen that frequently but I think it happens more often than not. Okay. Well, thank you. On behalf of the East Careers and Trauma Committee, I would like to thank you, Dr. Gilliman-Dagey, for taking time to speak with us today. I am David Skarupa, and I hope you enjoyed the program. When you find a moment of time, please visit the East website at www.east.org for more East Career podcasts and other valuable information.